You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, my very special guest is going to help us all to explore uh, those difficulties that we all face when we become a Christian. His name is Vince Weems, and he joins me now. Good morning to you, Vince. Good morning, Brad. Now, I mean, obviously, becoming a Christian is one thing, Vince, but but obviously dealing with all of the issues that that all of us carry is something completely different. But let's begin uh, right at the beginning for you. What what was life like for you before you eventually became a Christian? Yeah, I I had a a pretty normal upbringing in many respects. Um, I grew up in a small town in Worcestershire, and... um, I, I, it was in the early 80s, so um, there wasn't a lot to do there in terms of um, things for young people. So um, I used to hang around with a, a bunch of guys from school, um, and we did all the kind of teenage stuff. Um, uh, unfortunately, I got into kind of glue sniffing um, when I was about 14, and uh, that pretty much ruined my um, education at secondary school. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's... There was nothing um, particularly spectacular about my my early years and, did, until did, I became a Christian. Did you have any 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 sort of Christian background, Vince? You know, like was there any any Christian influence in your life at all, whether that be at home or school or wherever? Um, nominally, really, to be honest, um, my my parents, um, mum is a, is a Protestant and dad's a Catholic, so. Um, but not really practicing as such. But we we used to go to um, church for weddings, that kind of thing. But that was about it. Yeah, which of course a lot of people. I mean, that would, would identify with that because for many folk, any contact with sort of Christian thing, even with the church, uh, is pretty alien, isn't it? So, Hardy, what was your introduction then to all things Christian? Oh, it's quite a funny story, actually. Um, there was a group of us that used to hang about in a local park, um, and I did, we used to get into a, a few scrapes, and um, a couple of the guys that I used to hang around with kind of um, disappeared for a few weeks, and um, nobody really knew where they were. And um, Anyway, they came back, and we were sat in the park drinking some cider and stuff one Saturday afternoon, and uh, one of the guys, his name was Mike, um, said oh look you know um i've been away at a christian retreat i've um become a christian i found faith in god um and you could see um that, that his life had changed dramatically and he invited me to a concert at a local uh, town hall and um he never told me it was a christian band that were playing <laughs> um and i was well, I, and and the the funny thing was, I I was a punk at, at that time, and used to wear all the kind of clothing and um, all the kind of get up, and so I just thought it was a normal gig that I was going to. So I wore all this kind of punk gear and um, turned up at this hall, and there was just a whole bunch of Christians there, and um, I stood out like a sore thumb, to be honest. Um, but anyway, they, they they were a band from America, I remember, called Wings of Light, and. Um, distinctly Christian which wasn't my thing um, but I stayed really out of um, just because my friend had invited me um, so I thought I'd see it through to the end and then leave out of the pub or something um, and at the end uh, the, the guy who was leading the band just kind of stood up and he said Look, you know 
I believe there are people here that, that have got um, like a hole in their life that they try to fill with all kinds of stuff, whether it's relationships, whether it's money, whether it's uh, drugs, alcohol, that kind of thing. And um, he said, if you come to the front this evening and let me pray with you, um, I'll introduce you to God. And I just thought to myself, well, that's a really bold claim. Um, so I, uh, the only thing that I can say that describes what happened next is I it kind of almost in a trance. I got out of my chair and walked to the front of this concert hall um, just because I, I wanted to call his bluff, really. And um, I went to the front and um, I expected a whole bunch of people to get up out of their chairs and follow me. And it was just me <laughs> um, with several hundred Christians that were watching on as this strange looking guy in punk gear was stood at the front. And anyway, this guy um, led me through um, the prayer to accept Jesus uh, into my life as Lord and Saviour. And um, the only thing I, I can describe that happened was I just got an overwhelming sense of of being forgiven, of being loved, um, and that God was real. Um, and there was somebody at the end of the meeting who was from a local church who kind of scooped me up and said, um, congratulations, you've become a Christian. Mm. So that must have been quite nerve-wracking in one sense. So there, there you were with all eyes on you, you know, And uh, uh, but, I, but I guess what sustained you was that that presence that you know what you were feeling in the sense up until that point had you, had you ever been conscious of the fact that there, there there was a god i mean clearly you were when you went forward and you were prayed for but up until that point uh i mean were you were you pretty sure that gosh this is god really and taken by surprise uh if i'm completely honest bear i i had no kind of religious inklings whatsoever i I had no faith. I was an interest in faith. I was an atheist, really. And um, I, in just after that prayer, my entire um, life changed, really. And I, you know, I went from in a split second from not believing in God to being completely convinced there was a God. And um, you know, it's, it's that's that's what happened to me. And um, uh, the, the only thing I can remember previous to that is the fact that I had a, a, a real fear of dying um, that, that I remember growing up with. Um, it was a really unhealthy kind of obsession with death and, and wondering what would happen after I die and stuff. But, but that was it, really. Well, let's have your, your first piece of music, which, of course, is uh, Ron Canoli and Majesty. Why, why this one, Vince? Uh, well, I joined a house group um, after I became a Christian, a house church, sorry, and... Um, uh, back in the 80s, uh, certain choruses were were um, popular at the time, and this is one that I remember from those days. Um, at the age of 17, when I became a Christian, that, that has really stuck with me. Um, and every time I, I hear it, it really blesses me and reminds me of, of that time when I became a Christian. That's a great song there from uh, Ron Canoli, his version of it, the wonderful song uh, Majesty. And of course, Vince Weems, my very special guest today. And uh, we just heard from Vince how uh, 
from absolutely knowing nothing, in fact, uh, being pretty much uh, atheist in his outlook, that actually he goes forward at a, at a concert and gives his life uh, to Christ. So, Vince, what, what was it like from that point onwards? Because obviously you left the concert hall. Were, were there people around, like your mates and so on? How did you begin to grow as a Christian? Uh, yeah, so I joined um, a, a local church, a house house church, and um, <clears throat> they they were um, very encouraging in terms of, of um, um, basically imp- empowering us and, and encouraging us to go out and kind of share the gospel and our faith with with other people, particularly of our own age group. And um, there were quite a, a lot of young people in in the town that used to, as I said, used to hang about in the park and um, go to one particular pub and. Uh, right from the outset, um, uh, because I'd found this wonderful relationship with Jesus, I just wanted to share it with other people, and um, I did very a few a few kind of out the box things. Really, I used to take a Bible up to my local pub on a Friday and Saturday night and order a pint and sit there with my Bible and, and kind of read it and get into conversations with people who would come over and say, "Well, what are you doing in the pub reading the Bible, mate?" and um, and I'd, I'd just share my faith with them, and um, occasionally I'd, I'd end up kind of going out into the car park and praying for folk to come to know Jesus too. And um, most of the young people in my church were really motivated in terms of evangelism, and uh, we we used every opportunity, whether it was in tea rooms or in the park or in pubs, just to share our faith with with people who didn't have any. And um, my church grew from probably about 10 or 12 folk in the early days to over 100 within about six months. Um, and we we outgrew where we were meeting together and all that kind of stuff. And I, I really threw myself into the church and fellowship um, for, for the next kind of eight to 10 years, really, and um, enjoyed some wonderful times. You know, I trained as a missionary. Um, I felt called to the mission field and um, to work in Cambodia. That didn't kind of work out but um yeah so church is my life for for the 10 years after i became a christian now obviously things were to go a little bit pear-shaped as as in fact uh, it often does for those of us who, who who have christian experience what was it for you that led to some difficulties yeah i i ironically um i ended up going to university in sheffield um to study biblical studies and and um, biblical Greek and Hebrew, um, just out of my interest of um, I'd, you know in, in in the Bible and and my faith, and it really it was in uh, university. It was a very secular course, if that's possible for a biblical studies degree. Um, many of the lecturers were not believers. If if anything, they were very active in trying to disprove um, people's faith and. Um, so I, I did that for three years, and I, I can't really remember any particular incident that, that led to me kind of shelving my faith. Um, but but it was it was a gradual thing, like a dripping tap, I guess. I started to drink um, more and go out more, and um, got involved in relationships with with girls and um, you know one night stands, that kind of thing. Um, and I guess that was where I began to turn my back, really, on my faith. Um, and it, it was a slow erosion. It wasn't any 
um, specific event that led to that. I mean, you said you obviously in that theological training environment. Sadly, it is the case um, often that that there are certain courses that are theologically based, but they're anything but encouraging when it comes to uh, you know to to the truth, really. And so there you were in that pretty hostile learning environment. Did you have any church influence up in Sheffield? Uh, no, I, I, as I said, Bear, I, I really, by that point, I, I wasn't interested in um, fellowship with other Christians. Although there are a lot of Christians on my course, they they kind of went to barn dances and that kind of stuff. And um, I, I just, if I'm honest, I just wanted to consume as much alcohol and all of that as I possibly could. It was, um, I'm not sure really what kind of led to that. It was, it was just a, as I said, it was a slow kind of drip and tap and. When I when I left university, I graduated, and um, I was given two choices really as to what to do with this degree. I could either become um, an ordained minister, or a church leader, or um, a teacher. And I, because of where I was at, I chose to become an RE teacher and um, embarked on a career in secondary school. And um, so, it, uh, yeah, it was it was a gradual kind of move into that. Um, but but the Troubles didn't stop there, really. It was a very pressurised job. I did it for several years, well over a decade. And um, and throughout the whole time, my coping mechanism for the stress and pressure of it, because I taught in some tough schools, was was consuming more and more alcohol. Um, and with that, um, obviously, um, of other areas of my life started to suffer as well, you know, in terms of morality and... Um, the kind of things that I was doing. And of course, there's nothing sort of uh, out of the ordinary about this because I guess, sadly, that if many of us don't have encouragement and if we don't have people around us to to, to, to even spot whenever things aren't going right, then obviously, as you quite rightly say, things can go from bad to worse. How did you feel, though, through all of that time? I mean, obviously, you had had that experience of God. You were, uh, you know, you were a Christian, even though you were off the rails a bit. But, you know, to, to deal with that personally must have been quite difficult for you. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was a very strange kind of experience, really, because... Obviously, I had the, the, the background of, of um, church involvement and uh, a theology degree, and then actually teaching religion as a day job, and and yet through it all, I had no time for for God really in, in all of it. Um, I guess I got swept up by the whole um, promotion thing and earning money and um, material wealth and owning my own home and um, all the kind of stuff that that most people, average folk, you know, um, embrace on a day-to-day basis. But I, I, if, if I'm honest, I just had less and less time for God. I mean, I wouldn't say that I didn't pray, um, but it was very rare. And, and normally if I was in trouble, if I'm honest, so I, I, the relationship I had with God at that time was really, I, I went to him if, if something had got wrong in my life. Um, apart from that, when things were going fine, I wasn't interested. Now, people around you, you know, like friends and, and so on, was was there anybody who, who recognised that things were were not uh, well for you? Yeah, I mean, work, work colleagues um, began to pick up on the fact that I, I was coming to work still under the influence 
and um, slurring my speech badly and, you know, in the morning lessons and um, sweating profusely as a result of the alcohol intake the night before and um, just a, a general demeanour of being negative and, um, you know, hopeless, really. Um, and it, and it, eventually it, it all kind of told and I ended up having a breakdown um, which led to me leaving the teaching profession and and from then on really it was it was a very quick spiral downwards towards um ending up in prison so what was what was it that took you uh, into into the prison then and that must have been your absolute lowest point yeah i um i i lost my job um my my house was repossessed um i was just drinking more and more heavily i was married um to a teaching assistant at the time who was a Muslim lady and um, the marriage didn't work out um, and we broke up. So in a very short period of time, I I'd had this breakdown. I've lost my house, my wife, um, my career, um, all really through alcoholism and, and mental health issues. And um, I even ended up getting to the point where I tried to kill myself. Um, but thankfully, was that was on successful and I ended up in social housing back in my hometown because um, I just kind of thought well that's it, it's better what you know really and um, you know I had some friends around at the time and I continued to drink heavily and um, I got into a relationship with a with a girl and um, I, we used to drink together and, and a guy that I used to go to school with lived next door to us um, and he he became my my best buddy, you know, my drinking partner, and um, we'd come around every day and we'd get drunk together and all that kind of stuff. And um, to cut a long story short, I discovered um, after about a year and a bit of this relationship with the girl that um, the the guy who was my friend who I was seeing every day was sleeping with her. Um, so in a fit of rage and drunkenness, um, I. I, I did something really sure. I set fire to a, a bin area at the back of his flat and it caught fire. And um, so I was arrested for arson and sent to prison. This is Hope FM. Well, my very special guest in this hour of the programme has been Vince uh, Weems. And uh, we we left Vince uh, where he w- You were in a pretty bad state, weren't you, weren't you Vince? Uh, probably uh, at, the, at the lowest ebb that you could possibly be with everything going wrong. But it didn't stay that way, did it? No, it didn't. Um, I, I, mean, it's, I, I look back with um, a certain amount of um, irony now when I, when I think about what happened. But as I was on the... Um, I was sentenced to two and a half years for the offence that I committed. And um, as I was on the prison bus, um, I can honestly say that I thought to myself, um, a bit like the prodigal son, who was eating the um, food that was offered to the pigs. So I just kind of thought, um, I need to get right with with my father, with, with God, because um, otherwise I'm not going to survive this prison experience. Um, I'd not, not really had any kind of um, uh, experience of prison or, or really knew anyone that had been to prison, so I didn't know what to expect. So I just started praying to myself, really, on the prison bus I was going to prison, and... Um, if I'm honest, um, I wasn't sure whether God would listen to me because I'd done so many 
awful things over the, the past kind of 15, 20 years. And um, I wouldn't have listened to me if I was God. Thank goodness <laughs> I'm not. Isn't it amazing? Um, it's amazing how many people draw that conclusion, uh, whether they're Christians or not. The fact that they're so conscious of, of themselves and, and where things have gone per ship that they think there's no way that God could love me or even know my name. But of course, nothing could be further from the truth, as you discovered. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, um, you know, when I got to prison, um, I wouldn't say it was a wonderful experience. That, that wouldn't be telling the truth. But um, <laughs> I, I I spent an awful lot of time praying and um, and just kind of saying sorry to, to God for all the stuff that I'd done and um, just talking to him again, really. And, um, and, and far from actually just kind of surviving the prison experience, I... And the, the God's faithfulness was was so wonderful that um, I ended up kind of getting actively involved in the Christian life of of the chaplaincy in the prison, well, in all three prisons that I I was in, and um, you know some amazing opportunities came my way. I I ended up kind of starting a prayer group that a lot of the lads in the prison would come along to. Um, we we another prisoner and I led a prison. Um, Bible study in one of the prisons that I was in. Um, I, I even had the opportunity to kind of um, do a few sermons when the um, some of the the folk from the local churches that would would come in to take services in the chaplaincy couldn't make it. Um, I, I kind of stepped up and and did a few of those as well. So far from it being um, a survival story, it, it really was a story of restoration because. Um, and, and the fact that God can use anybody, um, regardless of what they've been through, what they've done. Um, and, you know, I, it, it was an amazing experience. And um, pretty much towards the end of my sentence, um, my, my faith was firmly established. And um, having been down the road that I'd been down, um, there was only one way for me to go from that time onwards, and it, and it was to remain in fellowship with with god now obviously uh, they say that god uh, prepares us for the future that only he can see and of course the truth of the matter is that right through your entire experience god had, had never left you but of course now uh, you uh, and, and others are visiting uh, those prisons and uh, you're part of a, a ministry uh, called on the umbrella banner of gateway uh, but but tell us something about about what you now do yeah well, it's interesting i mean i I'll, I'll be very brief about this but when i left prison i i promised two things to um to god and it was one that i would never go back and um uh, two that i would i would join a church um after all those years and i was relocated to portsmouth because i couldn't go back to my hometown because of um restraining orders and stuff that i had um with regards to the offense that i committed um so i ended up coming to portsmouth where where my brother lives and share a flat with him and um I googled local churches, and um, a, a wonderful church um, popped up called Harbour, which was a they they were meeting in an old disused um, department store in the in the city centre. And I, I I went along to the church, and I had it in my mind that the first person that talked to me, I would just tell them straight away that I come out of prison, 
um, and I'm, I was looking to join a church. And if they couldn't handle that, then I'd go and find somewhere else. And um, I went along to the service, and the first guy that came to speak to me was actually the vicar of Harbour Church, um, but he wasn't really dressed like a vicar. So um, I kind of said to him, you know, my name's Vince, just got out of prison, looking for a church. And he said, you're incredibly welcome here, my friend. And um, and he hooked me up with... Uh, a couple of ladies there that have just begun um, to embark on prison ministry at the church, and they were running and looking to run an alpha course in a local prison. So um, I found myself being part of the team going into a local prison and um, taking part in the alpha course, which which was ironic when you consider that I promised the Lord when I left prison that I would never go back. Um, obviously, I had other thoughts. Um, but during my time at the church, I um, I was asked if I'd be interested in having a mentor um, just to hook up with on a weekly basis. And they, they set me up with a guy called Roger who um, mentored me for well over a year. And I ended up becoming good friends with him. And he had it in his heart to um, really get involved in prison ministry. He'd been involved in the past anyway um, in mentoring, but to, to really kind of focus on through the gate mentoring um so when guys got released from prison uh we would hook them up with christians um to to mentor them and um i've been involved in that ever since now of course uh, you're you're up there and uh i think your particular ministry is called new foundations and we'll give the contact details in a moment but of course there's a there's a local branch of that uh, which which is called footprints the footprints project in our local area uh, in uh, of bc bcp so basically what you're you're doing is is to meet with the guys and then when they come out of prison i mean i think through through the gate is 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 a is a great title because it's through the gate to to hopefully loads of encouragement and a new life that's right at the centre of what you do, is it? Yeah, definitely. And um, I, you, you said earlier about how um, often we don't understand what God is preparing us for in the future. And um, if if anyone had said to me when I was in prison that, that I'd be involved in this kind of ministry, I, I probably would have laughed, frankly. But um, you know, obviously God had other plans. And um, so we, we try and offer support, whatever that looks like, to... Um, men and women when they get out of prison and are relocated to um the area so um it, it can be as as little as as trying to sort out some photo id to help them find accommodation um emotional support um spiritual support at times as well and of course it's very encouraging because even uh, uh, myself because i i was contacted by by somebody who had uh, one of their employees who went into winchester prison and they asked me whether i could make contact with the prison chaplains there well the thing is, Vince, I had no idea of no contacts in Winchester Prison, um, but uh, nor had I any I, idea that you, even though I knew you were coming on the programme, I didn't have any I, idea that you were the man to connect uh, uh, into the chaplaincy. And of course, now we know that that young man uh, has been visited by the prison chaplain. So it's just another example, isn't it, of of how in this wonderful chain of events that God uses the things that sometimes we call coincidences, but actually are not coincidences at all no doubt you you've seen lots of that yeah no absolutely and um 
I, I mean, w one of those um, coincidences, which isn't a coincidence, is the fact that the first prison I arrived in um, when I was sent to prison uh, was in Redditch, and it just so happens that the guy that um, was my mentor when I got released in Portsmouth was actually working in the prison at the time and on a volunteer basis. Um, so we, we may well have even walked past each other. Um, and then two years later, um, I joined this church in Portsmouth and, you know, and he was the guy that ended up being my mentor. And um, so there's some wonderful coincidences like that. Well, let's just give the, the, the contact uh, addresses there. So for, for your ministry through the gets, it's uh, info at newfoundations.cc. And then for the local for the local ministry for food, for footprints is info at footprintsproject.co.uk and I guess a lot more information on those websites is there Vince? Yeah, there will be. Yeah, and uh, we we will respond to anybody that shows any interest. Um, we we are looking to um, provide training for Christian mentors that um, are interested in working with guys and girls that are um, being released from prison. So. Thank you for that, Blair. Well, Vince, it's been a real uh, pleasure and joy uh, having you on the programme today. And uh, have you got any sort of final, before we introduce your final track, have you got any words of encouragement, particularly for those people maybe who are listening to the programme, either they know people who are rock bottom, away from God, like, like yourself, things have just gone completely pear-shaped. What, what would be your final word of encouragement to them? Yeah, I guess it, it would be that it doesn't matter what you've done. Um, God is faithful even when we're not. And, um, you know, there's there's no nothing we could have ever done that, that will separate us from his love if, if we honestly and openly turn to him. Um, that is as simple as that, really, just like the prodigal son, you know. Um, if when we choose to turn around and, and go back to God, he's always there. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.